When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley, and I am without Greer today. But no, never mind. We are going to have a good time anyway. We're going to be talking about trust, and in particular, employment-related trust. What's happening in organizations one of the things that has been called to the fore as part of where we are with the pandemic and working from home or working remotely, the call back to office, um, the, there's a lot of attention being put on culture, organizational culture, and that's fine. I actually, I'm all for it because that's the area that I work in, organizational development, uh, leadership development, employee development, employee engagement, and the like. So I'm all for that. But some of what is being discussed, at least in my opinion, is too much emphasis is being put on the inability to adequately develop teams remotely. And I think that's the wrong focus. Ultimately, it's it's sort of like if you think about social media, people were saying um, early on that, you know, that the danger of social media is that people won't communicate anymore and that or email even or texting, right? These are just methods, it's technology to do the same things we were doing previously. So it boils down to this. If it's important to you to develop relationships, it doesn't really matter the mechanism with which you use to develop those relationships. What is important is that you are intentional about what it is you're doing and then focus your attention on doing that. So you can build relationships virtually. We have had 
um, periods of time in our history where people built relationships by letter that were delivered by Pony Express, right? And we've had um, periods of time where long distance relationships and people got together when they could because technology hadn't caught up with the ability to be constantly in touch. And so I think we are so concerned with not being in proximity because we have been challenged to be in proximity. But for much of human history, we have not been in proximity except with those people that we were really in proximity to. And we managed to build relationships anyway. Is it a little more challenging? Sure. It, you know, but it's not impossible and it just boils down to something that you want. And so the same can be said about trust. The challenge with trust is that you do have to be in relationship with people. Trust, trust requires that you be in relationship with people, which means you need to make the time to connect. And then there's some particular things that you can do that will allow you to actually start to build that trust. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Some of the things that need to happen. And here's what's really great about this. They are the exact same things that need to happen in the workplace that need to happen in your personal life. So you build trust in the exact same way. The, the difference in trust in maybe your personal relationships and your work relationships is that you may be able to choose to distance yourself from people that you don't trust at work in a way that maybe you are not able to do in your personal life, right? If it is um, your spouse or your your children or something, you may have to continue that relationship as you're working through rebuilding that trust. And maybe with your job, you can just decide, I'm just going to get a new job. Or I'm going to distance myself when I'm in the workplace from these people. And or disengage, which for you, if you are a leader in an organization, if you have employees who are disengaged, you really have a problem because as the, the more they pull back, the harder it will be for you to get productivity from them, positivity from them in the workplace. And ultimately, they can poison your workplace, the other employees, and create more havoc than if you had shared something in the first instance. So I'm going to talk through a few things that are important as it relates to um, both building trust and rebuilding trust. And I'm going to share, you know, a couple of stats with you. One is an unofficial poll that I took on 
uh, LinkedIn asking the question about whether or not people have had their trust broken in working relationships. And all 100% of the people said yes. Now, there was the actual results were like 8317. But the 83% just said flat out yes. And the 17% basically said a trust is being broken all the time. And what that boils down to, and I didn't um, query further on that, but what I'm gonna suggest that boils down to is a sense that the, the, the communication, and this is the number one thing that, I want to put out there that the communication is not open and transparent, right? That when you are talking to your employees, that you are not being transparent about the things that you are talking about or sharing with them. And when they feel like you are holding something back, you may think it's for their good, or you may think that, well, they don't need to know everything. And that may be the case. But if that is the case, if that's your position, then you should be clear about that, right? So it, it, it becomes part of maybe varying degrees, and I'm not talking about degrees of transparency per se, um, right, you can't be a little bit pregnant, so you can't be a little bit transparent, but you can be transparent about the things that you're going to share, and then those things that you have committed to share, then you need to share fully. Nothing is worse for your employees as it relates to this concept of open and transparent is having vacuums because they will, your employees will fill those vacuums with rumor and innuendo. Someone will have a little piece of something and they will extrapolate what it means and why you're not sharing. So you've got to choose to be open, transparent, and then actually do that. Um, Another thing is setting expectations and holding people accountable. What happens often is one employee will see another employee not being treated the same way as, as you know, employee C or B or the observing employee, right? That somebody gets away with things. They're never held accountable or the leadership is not held accountable for their actions or the things that they say. And while you may be tempted to say, mind, <laughs> mind your own business or or you're here, do your job and don't worry about what happens with other people, is that they then don't know what's expected of them because there is a desperate treatment of people. Some people are being held accountable, others are not. And then it's like, I, I don't know what to expect. So you have to hold people accountable 
And that accountability goes back to setting expectations, which goes back to communication. And just about everything I'm going to talk about ultimately revolves around communication. You cannot build trust without good communication. So whether it is what you're communicating, how you're communicating, when you are communicating, all of those things are factors in having um, clear, open, honest, transparent communication and how employees then filter what they hear you saying and doing in in front of them, which leads to, you know, walking your talk, do what you say and say what you'll do. So this becomes about if you say you're going to do something, then you have to do it. When you don't do it, then people start to not believe that you're going to do something. So I'll share an example with you. I had at um, a prior time in my life, had a position and I was told um, that I would get a promotion. And the promotion would come ultimately with me getting backfilled on the original position. So for a period of time, I was doing two jobs. That The position that I was originally in would be backfilled and then I would just move forward with sort of the promotion position. And then that didn't happen. And when I inquired about it, I was told it was a budgetary issue. And then I was told that it wasn't going to happen because it was a budgetary issue. So initially it was just sort of put on hold because it was a budgetary issue. And then ultimately it was taken away because it was a budgetary issue. However, the there was plenty of money found to do some other things. So what that communicated is that this particular path that I have involved you on that I said you're going to journey is is not worthy of us funding whether it's because you're in a position or because the position isn't worthy or whatever right it didn't rise to the level of other things that were chosen to be done and so what do you how do you think that made me feel. What do you think that made me feel of the person who had made these commitments that then did not honor the commitment? So you've got to honor your commitments and you've got to constantly be thinking about everything that you do. What is the message that is being sent and whether or not it's the message that you want to send? Because if you are sending messages that you don't want to send, it is being translated into um, you're not trustworthy. We, we can't trust you because you don't actually know what it is you're saying. And you're saying one thing, you're doing another. And when you're walking, your talk are not in alignment. You are creating problems, right? So 
it's important that you pay attention to that. And then on the flip side of that, I said, do what you say, say what you'll do. That's about communicating. Don't make changes in your organization. Don't go down new paths. Don't stray from, you've got a strategic plan or you should have a strategic plan or you work for a company that has a strategic plan. There should be a strategic plan. Every department should have its own strategic plan that ties back to the organizational strategic plan. And I would dare say every employee should have their own strategic plan, whether it's super formal, written down or not. I would suggest yes, but whether it's that or not, Every employee should have their own strategic plan that ties to the department strategic plan, which ties to the organizational strategic plan. That way, everyone is really clear about what it is they are there to do, what your shared values are, what your shared goals are, what you're working towards. Everyone is clear on that. And then it becomes easier one, to hold people accountable for the things that they should be accountable for. And you can include in the strategic plan how to hold people accountable, how that's going to actually happen. And when you do that, you make it possible for everyone to not only be moving in the same direction, but to take off the table some of the difficult conversations that might need to happen. because there's nothing difficult because it's all on the table, right? It's, it's all on the table. So do what you say, say what you'll do, which just means communicate what you're doing. And that is communicated um, verbally. It's communicated again from your strategic plans, from your operational plans, and in your, your staff meetings, right? If you've got staff meetings or as staff, as you're sitting in meetings, that's how you're holding your, your leaders, your, your bosses, the organization accountable. When you're in staff meetings and you're asking questions that tie back to you know, the plans that you have, the strategic plan. And I wanna say this, this concept that trust, you know, it's employees trusting their bosses, bosses trust their employees. It goes both ways. And therefore, both employees and management or leadership, however you choose to look at it in your organization, both have a role in making sure that trust is maintained. It's not just the job of one side or the other. And the other thing that I learned from asking these questions, uh, I've been spending the entire week talking about trust um, in my social posts. The other thing that has come up is that um, trust is both earned and given, right? A lot of people will give trust on the front end. They, they're trusting people and they're saying, I'm just going to give you my trust until you break it. And then um, if you break it, 
you're going to have a really hard time repairing it. And so it, they give trust willingly. They expect that on a daily basis, moment by moment, decision by decision, conversation by conversation, you are continuing to um, earn that trust, right? You're, you're earning it over time. And then if you break it, you've got to start all over again. But when you start all over again, you don't get it given to you at the outset. Then you are solely working to get it back. And I'll talk about, you know, a couple of things that you do um, to, to earn that back, which is basically what you do to maintain it. But then you have to recognize that you're doing it from a place of no trust. And you have to be patient because it's probably going to take time. It's going to take time to rebuild. And the only way it gets rebuilt is by you being the example, living, really living what you say you're going to do. And it, and it boils down to values with people. Um, so in the communications, you've got to be sharing important information both ways, right? Um, as an employee, if you don't do something right, if you've made a mistake, one of the things you have to do with your boss is to go and say, I've made a mistake. Here's what I've learned. And this is how I'm going to do it differently moving forward so that that doesn't happen. If you go sharing that rather than waiting for someone to figure it out, and come to you, you're going to be able to maintain um, that, that trust. Or at least if it's broken in some way, you don't have as high a hill to climb to get back there. But if you are found out, if someone has to come to you asking questions, then you're going to have problems. Um, and the same way on the other side right? You're, you're sharing information that is relevant to the company. The, it, so here's the thing. Over the course of the last, you know, 18, 19 months, um, 20 months pandemic time, there's been a lot of uncertainty, right? There's been a lot of uncertainty and people don't have the answers, Leadership does not have all the answers. And as I mentioned before, if, if you don't fill that vacuum, if you don't fill that void, even if what you're saying is we don't have all the answers, we're working to get the answers, we will, th this is what we know. Here are the things that we don't know that we're working to get the answers to. It'll be much better received than if you don't say anything at all. Because if you don't say anything, again, there will be a uh, filling <laughs> of that vacuum with information and your employees are not going to have it right. So um, you don't want people finding out something on the street that would have been better coming from you whether it's good news or bad news, 
right? And the the bad news thing may be about jobs being lost or no new um, no no raises, no merit increases, no bonuses, or whatever those situations are. So you've got to make sure that you are sharing information. You're sharing the right information um, and where you don't have all the information that you're explaining how you're working to get that information. People are patient. Your employees will be patient and understanding. They get it. But if you keep them in the dark about what's going on, um, you'll, you'll have challenges with that, which leads to sort of, you know, a, a concept about change in general. Um, include your employees and employees ask to be included in change processes, change management, decisions that are happening for your company. Um, often leadership does not want to get information because they view that information uh, coming from employees and sometimes rightly so as obstructionist. Um, but what I encourage them to do is to see it simply as feedback, right? That, that what you are offering to leadership as an employee is, you know, when you're asking questions, it is not to keep change from happening, but to make sure that it is done well, that it's well considered and thought out. And often there are changes that happen um, at higher levels where, you know, decisions are made and there's no one in the room with the perspective of the people that it's going to, that the change is going to impact. And so they don't understand how it's going to impact. And so that's why it's important for everyone, someone at all levels of an organization to be involved in any change management, any change processes that are happening. So that the unintended consequences are considered. And then when the decisions are made, yes, everyone cannot be a part of the actual final decision. Someone has to make that decision, whether it is a someone or a body of someone's, right? Whether it's a board that makes a decision, the CEO, the executive director, whomever is where the buck stops here, whoever that person is or that body is, then has to be willing to say, we took into account all of the feedback that we got on this change uh, endeavor. Here's what we've decided. Here's what we took into account in making that decision. And here, um, and if you've got any questions about that, we're open to uh, having that discussion. Just because your suggestion isn't taken doesn't mean that it wasn't considered. However, if the person who makes the decision doesn't share with you that they took it into account and how it informed the ultimate decision and why they made the decision 
and didn't go a particular way without you understanding that and without you explaining that if you're on the decision maker side you're going again you'll leave a void and people will feel oh what I have to say isn't important. Therefore, I don't trust these people and the decisions that they're making because they're not taking into account what's important to me or us, right? And so you've got to make sure that in those processes that you are taking the time to communicate your decision-making processes um, and that you did take into account the, the feedback that people provided. So I want to share a couple of statistics. These are not from my LinkedIn <laughs> survey, um, but they're from an organization um, called, um, I'm sorry, let's see, the, the name of the organization is uh, Edelman. So Edelman did some uh, research, some studies on employees in who work in low trust workplaces <laughs> and how they feel um, about what's going on. And there's some gaps. It, imagine that there's some gaps um, between what employees expect and what they ultimately receive. And the reason there are gaps is, I would say, because employees make decisions on what they expect with or without leadership laying out expectations, right? So here's what we're going to do. Here's our plan. Here's, here's our strategic plan. Here are our operational plans. Here's what you can expect, right? They don't communicate those things. So employees create their own expectations and then management doesn't live up to those expectations. So here's some things that I, I found interesting in this Edelman study is uh, trust, their, their trust barometer. Um, employee expectations, management always tells the truth. So there is a, you know, 79% of employees expect that. The actual um, result of that is 55%. So there's this 24% gap in between the expectation and what actually happens. Regular communications, 78% expect regular communications and they only get it around 61% of the time. Um, that employees have a voice, 77% of employees think they should have a voice. If you are not providing your employees a voice, there's a problem because they expect that they would have one. But if you are, have created a culture or you have a culture or you want a culture in which employees don't have a voice, then you need to let them know they don't have a voice. And what you'll probably find is that if they feel like they don't have a voice, you're not the place that they want to work. So ultimately what happens here is that you've got a mis mismatch of values. There's a mismatch of the expectations, the employees' expectations and the values they have and the values of the employer. 
So the, the only way to eliminate that mismatch of values is to be on the same page of values, which is goes back to communication. Um, I'll, I'll share one more. Employees included in planning. 71% um, have that as an expectation that they would be included, whether it's on a departmental level or an organizational level. And then that the reality is 57%. So there's a 14% gap in there. And so, so the, the gaps in these different areas that Edelman has done the study range from a 10-point gap to a 24-point gap. And so it's important for you to understand where the mismatch is. And so I'm talking to, to both sides, whether you are an employee or on the management side, that you have a role to play in organizational trust issues. And you cannot expect to build trust where both sides of the relationship are not doing their part. Um, so I talked about change. Here's a statistic for change. 38% of employees who have experienced some sort of workplace change or transformation, only 38% said their employer communicated it effectively about what the change was. And, and only 36% say their employers were honest about the change that their organization would face. So I wanna share an example. I went through um, a really, a pretty detailed organizational change with a, a company that I worked for. Um, they restructured the organization. There were, different varying levels of things that were included in that change. There were some reductions in force, uh, voluntary uh, retirements that were a part of that. There were, there was a new positions created, a new level of management was created. I will say this, for the process, it was a pretty decent process of communicating that change, including staff in the change, at least on the surface level, in terms of getting input. The challenge was that the input was seen as being obstructionist, that the input was not incorporated into the final decision. And I would say a good explanation of why the decision went in a different way was not forthcoming. And so while on the front end, there was a, a very good process to make sure everyone's voice was heard, the ultimate decision uh, did not really take into account the feedback. And ultimately, 
that feedback, maybe it wasn't ignored, maybe it was considered and not communicated, but in the end, that that feedback that was not acted upon was to the detriment of the organization because the exact things that in, that staff said would happen happened and it created a lot of turmoil for that organization. So again, you don't have to take every piece of feedback that you give. And as someone who gives feedback, you can expect that some of the things that you're offering will not be acted upon, but it is incumbent upon the decision maker to communicate what that is. If you want to have trust continuing beyond that. So as I wrap this up, I want to just reiterate the things that are important, whether you are Building trust the first time, rebuilding trust after breaking it. First of all, they're the same sorts of things. And so you'll just make your job doubly difficult by not doing the things that um, I'm, I have laid out here, because ultimately you're going to have to do them anyway to rebuild the trust. So it's it really important that you have open, honest, transparent communications. Do everything in your power to set expectations, to be clear about what those are, clear what your values are, clear of what the, the mission and the purpose of your organization and the work that people are doing. You're laying out these expectations so that you can hold people accountable and then hold people accountable. Be clear about how you're going to do that and then actually do it. Um, this trust ultimately is about relationships. Relationships are about trust, communication. You want a better company culture. It requires the work and input by both staff, the employees and management leadership. You, you can only do that by having engaged, um, inclusive conversations, communication that allows people to share their voice, to take the input of people, to hear their feedback um, is so that they know that they are actually part of what's going on in your organization. Be clear uh, about what information you will share and what information you won't. And if there's information you're not sharing, why you're not sharing it. If it's because you don't have the answers, explain that and then explain what you're doing to get the answers, right? It's important that you, th that's what that is about. You don't have to tell them every little decision on how, you know, uh, you know, every dollar is spent but you need to make sure that people understand the big picture, what information, what level of information, how detailed you'll be sharing. And if you're not sharing certain things, why not let them understand that? Um, when it comes to change, that you are inclusive of who's included in your change processes. 
And once you've let them know who's included in the change processes, right? If, if it is at all possible to include people from every level and then to communicate clearly and regularly and um, in appropriate ways, then do that. In appropriate ways, the method of communication could be your intranet, newsletters, staff meetings. You figure out the right level and the frequency within, with, within which you are sharing that information. But do not fail to communicate what's going on status uh, status reports and the like. Um, I don't think I mentioned this specifically this way, but, um, and I'll share this, this example. So I had a boss once who said that he had an open door policy and the open door policy to him meant that you could come in and speak to him. But what he failed to recognize is that the, the reaction to the things that were brought to him under this open door policy, the reaction to that actually had a counter effect of people being willing to come to him. So you need to respond in appropriate ways. And I mean, respond, not react. That may mean stopping and taking some time to think about how you want to respond before you respond. Because if you react in a negative way, um, and this is one of those things that happens particularly when people are making mistakes, that you respond harshly and then they feel like they can't make a mistake. And if they feel like they can't make a mistake, then the, the calls for creativity, innovation, for trying new things, it's not gonna be there. Or when you say in a staff meeting, does anyone have any questions? Um, are there any concerns? And people know that they're going to either be embarrassed or chastised, they're not going to step up. So whether it's an actual open door policy or in a staff meeting, how you treat people will dictate whether or not they trust that it's a safe environment for them to communicate the voice that you say you're inviting them to share. So that I just wanted to mention that part on the making sure employees have a voice piece. Um, so if you've got any thoughts, any further thoughts on what it takes to build trust, rebuild trust, I would be absolutely interested in hearing um, your thoughts. If you are following me on social media, I have um, posted a number of things about trust that I think you will find interesting. Um, you can, I will have in the show notes, the links to my social, you can go and check it out there. Would love to hear your feedback and input. Um, we'll be uh, sharing some of this in the Life Lemons and Lemon Drops Facebook group. And I invite you to uh, be a part of this conversation, particularly if you are have found this to be a challenge, whether you're on this, the employee side or management side. 
and how we could be doing this better. Ultimately, ultimately, trust in a work relationship or trust in a personal personal relationship. Without trust, you can't get where you're trying to go, right? And for companies, the bottom line is about profits and, you know, taking care of your employees, taking care of your shareholders, taking care of your customers and your clients. On the personal side, it's about taking care of your family, right? Taking care of yourself, the, the relationship itself. So I want to thank you for joining me. Um, being a part of this conversation. I invite you to share your thoughts on one of the platforms that I will uh, reiterate in the show notes. And I look forward to um, sharing the mic with Greer again soon. I will leave her to share her fabulous news um, the next time she and I are recording together. And until then, thank you for joining me for this episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, Subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 